Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Series 5, episode 18. I'm your host, Jazz Wilson, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Lucy Wilson. Hello. There she is. And Tom is over in the other studio as normal. Today, for you, we have something a little different a little bit more fun. But first, as we always do, let's kick it off with... Album of the Week! Yeah! It is Album of the Week. And Lucy, it was your choice for Album of the Week. Tell the listeners what it was and why you chose it. So I chose Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) Not the film score. The stage show. And I chose it because I like it. And I think sometimes it's nice to listen to the musical version of a film. Did that make sense? I struggled to say that sentence. Um, So, yeah, I think quite often you would listen to the film version of those songs. And it's just nice to hear the differences between the film and the stage show. So what did you think, Jazz? I like it. So you took me to see it for my birthday a few years ago and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The music, even though it is a little bit different, but also very similar to the film score... I'm still in two minds which one I prefer. Ooh. Hmm. It's hard. Like, I like little pieces from the film, and then there's some songs in the film, I'm like, oh, why don't you just do that a bit different? And the musical does that. I'm like, oh, okay, finally somebody actually got it. Um, So, yeah, if I could amalgamate both of them together and squish them up into one massive mega mix... I feel like the stage show version is a lot more earthy and raw and mm. it's heavy on the vocals. So there's quite a lot of acoustic sound. Whereas in the film version, I think it's not as fierce. Yeah. Um, it's more poppy maybe. Um, yeah, I agree. It's a lot more stripped back, I found, in the musical version. Yeah. Not taking anything away from the orchestra because they are phenomenal. Oh, yeah, of course. But comparing it to the film, Mm. yeah, I find it's a much more stripped back sound, which I like. I really like. Mm. Do you have a favourite song? I do have a favourite song. And it is the opening number, Circle of Life. Of course it is. To your surprise, because... Scar is my favourite Disney character. And be prepared, in the musical version, I'm not a fan of. I definitely prefer Jeremy Irons in the film version. Interesting. Mm, I just... He's got that rasp in his voice. You just like it. You just prefer his voice. Yeah, Yeah. just the sound, the way it comes through. Just something I don't think you could teach. It's just naturally there. Mm. Like somebody who's been drinking whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? So I really like 
they live in you or he lives in you. It's done twice um, with the variation. It's not a song that's in the film. And I think that's why it's my favourite. But it's in number two, right? What, Lion King 2, the film? Yeah. <gasps> oh, or, or it's in like, because Lion King did like one, one and a half, two, yeah. two and a half. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't know. I... I have seen the sequels to Lion King, but I don't remember. I don't know. I have to look that one up. He Lives in You is in Lion King 2 or whatever the second one is. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is because I don't know that one as well as the others, that's the one that sticks out to me and is my favourite. But if I had to pick one that is in both the film and the musical... I think I would pick probably Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Nice. And I like the way it's done in the stage show because they don't just copy it directly. They add in their own little bits. And when they sing it, I can visualize how they've set it on the stage as well because that's one of my favorite numbers in the stage show because it's very... I don't, uh, it's hard to explain. I'm doing all these movements that Jazz is watching me do, but you obviously can't see me. Um, it's obviously between Simba and Nala, and they kind of like are really showing off the fact that they're lions and they're very feline-like and lots of um, isolations and ripples. And I just really like the movement for that number. So, And when I listen to the song from the musical, I can see it happening in my head. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, I like that one. Nice. How many then. mics are oh, you going to give it? I was just about to ask you. I am going to give it five mics. Wow. We I do love it. We have five mic for a long time. I, I, I can't. So when you asked me that, I hadn't actually decided. And I thought, oh, four, maybe four and a half. And then I was like, actually... What do I not like about it? And there's nothing I don't like. So it has to be a five. Fair enough. That's how we judge it. What about you? It's a four mic for me from what I said before. Some of the songs I prefer from the film version compared to the stage version. Fair enough. And if I could mix and match, then that would be my five mic album. Okay. So, yeah, four mics, a solid four. So you know what that means? Tell me. It's your pick. It is my pick. And I've gone something a little bit different. Are you surprised? Probably not, because that's usually how I work. You never have a pattern of what you pick. You're always random, (laughs) just in life. Yeah, that is true. Anyone who's ever met me, ever. So I have picked Broadway, the American musical. What? Ever heard of it? Never heard of that. That's because it was a six part episode series. Oh, so it's a TV show? Yes, from the research I've done. But. Well. The thing is, it's really long. Oh. Really long, like six hours, 16 minutes. Are you kidding me? How do you expect me to listen to that? So we're not going to listen to all of it. (laughs) Okay. Just snippets here and there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll just listen to 
bits of it. What's it called again? Broadway, the American Musical. And if you're looking for it on Spotify, black background with Broadway all in lights over it. Broadway in gold, fancy writing at the top with the American Musical below it in Oh a, my. Unless a fancy font. Oh my, oh my. That is a very big... Oh, with Dina Menzel's in it. Mm. Yeah, so that's... Spoiler, sorry. Been brought up to, like, current, I think. Oh, so I see. So there's a lot of musical songs. Yeah, kind of. It's. It seems like a... It's like a song from the shows, in a way. But, but it is song. But it's a story, so it tells oh, yeah. 100 years of musical theatre and um, going into, like, the 20th century America, like the musical age of that. So, But I'm assuming that the people... So, for example, the last song of the album is Defying Gravity, and they've got the... Singers, sorry, yeah. <laughs> written down as Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel. I'm guessing they didn't feature in the show. I haven't seen it. Well, so that's a question for you to find out for me next you. week, please. But I know that Julie Andrews is in the show. Wow. So. Barbara Streisand. If I can find it, I'm going to watch it. Dick Van Dyke. And I shall report back next week. Yes. There's some Fred Astaire. Yeah. <laughs> Blank Close. Oh my. Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. my. Yeah, some really big names in it. So I thought it'd be fun. But we'll just pick out some songs that we would like to listen to and then tell everyone next week what we've listened to from the album. Okay. Because we haven't got six hours spare. <laughs> if I'm completely honest. So yeah. Broadway, the American musical, is my album of the week wow please do listen along and let us know what you think of it and let us know which ones you picked to listen to you can email us it's all an act at outlook.com or you can contact us on any of our socials facebook instagram twitter any of those it's all an act podcast except twitter is just pod it's all an act pod that was all four. Album of the week. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. That was album of the week. So as we always do, it's over to Tom in the other studio. So Tom, I take it away. Hello and welcome back to the movie musical segment. My name is Tom and today we are going to be talking about Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I struggle to get that out sometimes. Um, yeah, this is a 2007-2008 film. I think depending on what country you're in, it was released in, in different years. Um, and yeah, it's directed by Tim Burton. It's got a great cast. It's got Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman, Timothy Spall, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, and a couple more names you might know. Um I never seen this film before and I got to say I really enjoyed it and I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to or not because I find Tim Burton a little bit hit and miss um, and I don't really like Johnny Depp so the two of them together is not the best mix in the world for me but I ended up really enjoying it 
Um, now, I got to say, I just want to address it before we start. Um, there's been a lot of bad press for Johnny Depp recently uh, with some, you know, cases of uh, potential abuse. Um, so, but nothing's nothing's been proven yet. So I just wanted to uh, put that in the air. Let's take this with a pinch of salt because um, we we don't, the world doesn't really know <laughs> if Johnny Depp is, is uh, in the good books at the moment. Um, so... Let's just uh, let's just have this review with with that knowledge. Um, anyway, let's talk about the film. So this film is uh, about a barber named Sweeney Todd or Benjamin Barker um, who sets up a barber shop in London. He partners up with a lady called Mrs. Lovett uh, who runs a pie shop, and the in the barber shop basically Sweeney Todd kills the people that go in to get a shave and a haircut uh, and they're made into pies and sold by Mrs. Lovett. Um, that's essentially the basis for the the whole um, the whole film. There are some interesting things. I thought that uh, Mrs. Lovett, who's played by Helena Bonham Carter, was actually Sweeney Todd's wife. Um, turns out that is not the case. I just assumed they were they were husband and wife um yeah uh, anyway this is a Stephen Sondheim musical um and I was reading up on this and it turns out that Stephen Sondheim is um is very I mean it doesn't surprise me in the slightest but Stephen Sondheim is very protective over his musicals and uh, he he basically if you want to do an adaptation you have to prize it from Stephen Sondheim's claws um and apparently this is the only uh, adaptation that he approves of. Um, so he was very hesitant to give up this, the rights to this. Uh, but apparently when he spoke to Tim Burton and sort of heard his vision for it, he was like, yeah, okay, you can do it. Um, he didn't really want Johnny Depp in the lead though, apparently. He thought his voice was going to be too rock oriented. Um but yeah, um, but um, after the sort of um, what do you call them? Like the musical director. There's another word for it. I think the the composer, I suppose, um, approved of his audition. They were like, okay, cool, he can do it. Um, and Helena Bonham Carter was worried that because she was sort of romantically involved with Tim Burton at the time, that it was going to feel like nepotism. So apparently, she um, sent in like twelve auditions to Stephen Sondheim just to be like look at this look at this this is this is what I can do um also interestingly enough she was pregnant at the time when she recorded this <laughs> this is an IMDb fact uh, apparently her boobs grow throughout the film um because while the film was um being being filmed you know it was over over that sort of point that her pregnancy was um I think it said like six to eight weeks or something um so anyway you can you can apparently you can see how the bottom carter's boobs change size as you watch this film which i thought was just a, a funny fact to come up on imdb um anyway helen bomb carter and johnny depp were, were great in this film i think they, they were really really well cast um not really much to say i do feel a little bit like helen bomb carter gives kind of the same performance every time you watch her and i'm not i'm not super mad about it i 
I love Helena Bonham Carter. Um, just an observation, but you probably already knew that. Um, it was really nice to see Alan Rickman's face back on the screen. Uh, sadly, you know, he passed away not too long ago. Um, well, I guess it was quite a while ago now. I think it was like 2016. It was that horrible year that like everybody died. Um, but it was uh, really, really nice to see his his face on the screen again. And he gives a great performance. I feel like Alan Rickman's great in everything he's in. Um, you've got Timothy Spall, Spall, I never know how to say his name, who plays Beadle. Um, pretty great. It's not a huge part, but it's, it's he does it quite well. And then obviously you've got the wonderful Sasha Baron Cohen as Pirelli. Now, I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen is, is a little bit Marmite for some people. I think he's great. Um, and I really enjoyed his performance in this. I will say his song sounded a little bit auto-tuned though. And he's got a nice voice. So I don't, I don't know. It's probably just some editing they, they've done in, in the sort of, you know, in the editing room. But I find this sometimes with musical film adaptations that they unnecessarily do some work on the vocals and it, it makes them sound fake and it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Um, so that was my one kind of gripe with it, but I really, really enjoyed the um, the songs. Um, the, the there's some really great songs in there. The worst pies in London, I thought was great. I can't remember what it's called, but the one that Sasha Baron Cohen does is quite funny. Um, and the Ballad of Sweeney Todd, the opening, uh, is a song I already knew. I think it's the only one I already knew. Uh, there was maybe one other, and uh, I, I really enjoy that one. Stephen Sondheim is notorious for. Uh, difficult music <laughs> um, for singers, you know. I don't know a huge amount about music, um, but uh, I know that anyone that's ever done Sondheim has, has said it's it's a real challenge. Um, this film was nominated for some Academy Awards. It was nominated for three Oscars for Best Performance by an Actor for Johnny Depp and Best Achievement in Costume Design. Uh, but it won Best Achievement in Art Direction, which is uh, quite a cool category to, to be nominated for and win. Um, it was also nominated for BAFTAs for Best Costume Design again and Best Hair and Makeup. Uh, surprised it didn't win Best Hair and Makeup because I think the hair and makeup is phenomenal. But there we go. Um, yeah, so I would highly recommend this film if you haven't seen it. I think it's great. I think it's... Uh, so I've never seen this on stage, but I think in terms of the film, it's so dark uh, and they, they're not as limited to what they can do with sort of the blood and the gore. And I just can't see it working as well on a stage. <laughs> Having said that, I've never seen it. But I think it, it was a really, really great choice to adapt this into a film and to do it as as dark as they did and I like that I've, musicals sometimes tend to feel like they, they have to cater a little bit more to the families but Sweeney Todd just doesn't hold back and I wonder if that's because it was made a, a while ago now but um, I really respect that and I think it was a, a really great choice and I just really like dark gory bloody musicals I don't think we have enough of them um, I watched a video on this after, after I watched the film and uh, if you do like uh, a bit of blood and gore, you can catch a death approximately every 10 and a half minutes in this film. There's 11 deaths, I think, in total. Um, yeah, and there's some brutal deaths as well. Mrs. Lovett's... Oh, spoilers. Um, okay, I'm going to move on. Anyway, I'm going to give this film a four stars out of five. Um, with all these films that I watch for the first time, like I always say, uh, it's worth going back and watching them again before I 
properly, properly make my mind up personally. But for you guys listening to this, I'm going to give it four stars for now. And uh, I think you should go and watch it. I think it's a really, really great film. Uh, if you did like it, you can watch Edward Scissorhands. Um, that's a sort of similar, uh, you know, Johnny Depp, Tim Burton team up. Um, but I mean, he works with him quite a lot. So I, I really think anything Tim Burton would kind of be your bag. Just don't watch Willy Wonka um, because... I don't think it's a good film. <laughs> Go and watch the original with Gene Wilder. Anyway, enough said, the better. Um, join us next week. We are going to be talking about Cinderella. Uh, it's a new musical adaptation that's coming out on Amazon Prime. Um, and it's got Billy Porter as the fairy godmother, which is incredibly exciting. So uh, if you're interested in that, it comes out on the 3rd of September. So go and check that out. And I will see you next week. Bye. Wonderful. Thank you, Tom. Brilliant as always. And before we end the show today, guess what happened? Have a guess. Go on. Well, I know. <laughs> you know. So, listeners, I'll give you a moment to guess what I did from recording last time to recording this time. Go on, Jazz. What did you do? If you said I went to a theatre, then you would be right. A West End theatre at that. I went to the Shaftesbury and I saw Be More Chill. And I could not be any more chill about it, if I'm <laughs> honest. It was bizarre and wonderful and uh, strangely normal. So the first thing we should talk about is the show itself. Yes. How was the show? The show was really good. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. The run has finished. When this goes out, the run has finished at the Shaftesbury. But that doesn't mean that it won't go on tour. Because I absolutely believe that it is a show that would work really well if it went on tour. And I'll tell you why. The set was minimal. Mm. So they had the screen. They had a massive screen at the back, which initially says be more chill on it. And then they used that for everything, for scene changes, for effects, um, for things like um, when the song two player game, they're doing like moves. So it looks like they're in a computer game and there's like um, swishes and bangs and, That's really cool. and stuff um yeah it was really cool um and then the only other set they had on really were tables and chairs so set in a, a school um they would have chairs for that and then if it was set um apart from the desk apart from jeremy's desk right at the start which is just looks like a, a boy's desk at home which mm. is always set up, and that's just on wheels, wheels on and off. Oh, and tell a lie, there was a bath. My for, goodness, you're for Michael getting in the more bathroom. and more and more things from I know, just yeah. a screen. I know. I know. Well, the <sighs> more I talk about it, the more I think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. Um, <laughs> and how was the actual content of the show, the actors? It was really good, like yeah. really good. Um, all the actors were spot on and typecast to a T. Mm. Um, apart from, you would think it was like 
opening night or something. Sometimes they would... How do I describe this? Do something because they were directed to do something rather than make it look like they were naturally doing something. So maybe they just didn't feel comfortable in the roles yet. But you have to remember... Lots of those people may not have performed on a stage for 18 months. Imagine doing something for the majority of your life, because let's face it, people on stage usually do it when they're a child as well. So continually doing shows throughout your whole life and then go to drama school or not or whatever, then go into the actual industry and doing shows on stage and then have 18 months where you can't do any of that. How odd must it feel for them to be back doing it again? It's going to take them a while to find their feet, I think. Yeah, but the show had been running for a good couple of weeks and you would have thought that that may have been picked up or looked at mm. because it just it looked unnatural. It did look unnatural. Maybe because it wasn't a very long run. Maybe. They wouldn't. Yeah. But, um, the girl that played Christine was phenomenal. She was so funny to the point where in the interval, the girl sitting next to me said, you sound like you're enjoying yourself because I was laughing so hard. Yeah, you always do. Everyone always stares at us. That's something I haven't missed. (laughs) I could hear people laughing after I had laughed. (laughs) And I was like, hmm, are they laughing at me? Not that I would ever know, but if they were, cool. Listen, it's not about you, okay? Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, the show was really cool. Um, the costume was awesome. It was great fun. The squip, he was phenomenal. And when the squip got upgraded... You have to remember, some people might not have a clue what yeah. that is. If you haven't seen the show, try and see it. Listen to the soundtrack and you'll understand it. We had <laughs> so it you're not going to tell them what it is then? So the squip is... Basically, a pill that Jeremy, the lead, takes, and then they visualize the squip as a person, but he's actually just in Jeremy's head. No one else can see him. But the squip was phenomenal. So he comes up, so he's always dressed in like a white, silver, gray sort of color mm. because the pill is gray. Mm. Um, and he comes out, and initially he's dressed in like, um, baggy jeans um a baggy like uh top jersey coat sort of thing it's hard to describe and it, like a t-shirt mm. and i was like oh, okay and trainers he looks quite casual really cool mm-hmm. then he gets upgraded and he's in a white suit <laughs> and then he gets upgraded Clever. and he's in like um you know joseph in the technical dream coat yeah he gets his final coat yeah he's in like that <laughs> so it's almost like because the pills from Japan, it's almost like in that Japanese style, oh, cool. but it just gets more and more flamboyant. So it every sounds time like it they've upgraded. really thought about the costume. Yeah, the costume is really nice. good. The lighting, awesome. The sound, not an issue at all. Good. No issues whatsoever. Everything was equalized nicely. But I think that's because the band were behind the screen. Yeah. It makes a big difference yeah. from the band being up behind the screen to them yeah. being in a pit, as we know before. <laughs> and how was it being in a theatre? First of all, tell us what the rules were and then tell us how you felt. 
Okay, so the rules were the government guidelines currently. So the you didn't have to test in that theatre, so there was no lateral flow testing needed. You only had to wear a mask for the whole performance unless you were eating or drinking from the theatre. Um, you could have stuff delivered to your seat through Ooh, the website. I like that. Um, so you didn't have to get up and wander about with people. And I suppose that minimises the crowds. Yes. There was literally nobody about lingering. Literally, people went into the theatre, they sat in their seats or they were at the bar and that was it. Even the toilets at the interval was quiet. There was no queue for the ladies. As everyone that goes to a theatre knows there's an issue and always a queue for the ladies' toilet. There was no queue. Interesting. The bar was empty-ish. There wasn't that that overriding theatre noise of people talking and having a conversation before a show. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. There wasn't that. There wasn't any of that. It was, was it? bizarre. Was it full or? Pretty much. Pretty much. There was a big space in front of us. I don't know what happened there. There was loads of seats free. But apart from that, everywhere else. Must have been up. like a coach trip that yeah, got stuck or broke down or something. Yeah. Um, wearing a mask throughout was no big issue, really. Well, I had people a have nice... to do it as they like whole day for their job these days don't they but i advise if you are going to the theater get a mask that fits you properly and one that is 100 percent cotton is my advice Mm. because i was very comfortable to the point where i didn't really notice i had a mask on yeah i suppose it's different different people find different types of masks comfortable but work out what works for you before Mm. you go because once you're in there you're committed. Yeah, exactly. You have, you're wearing it for two and a half hours. Mm. The only other thing that I had an issue with was they still had a one-way system in the theatre, mm. which didn't make sense to me. Why? Because uh, not the one-way system being a one-way system, mm. the way that the one-way system was laid out. So... You had to go into the auditorium to go back out of the auditorium to go into the bar. And I was like, uh, okay. Well, it's to minimise people, like, walking towards people because it's the face-to-face contact that people are trying to avoid, isn't it? So if you are, if you have a one-way system, even if it means that you have to go through a room to go back through a room, it's better than coming face-to-face with someone. Yeah. The ushers were really good. They were bringing people in, like, that arrived late and stuff in bits that didn't disturb the show. Oh, good. Um, and they were telling people to put their masks on. Oh, wow. Okay, good. And they were directing people around the one-way system, including myself, because it wasn't quite clear, and I went the wrong way. Oh. The guy said to me, it's a one-way system. You've got to go that way. I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. But they were really friendly, really nice about it. Everyone was so helpful. Buying a program off of a person, like normally they're stood in a corner yeah. or by the door or anything, they had a contactless um, oh, good. device. That's so, probably easier than them having than to money. faff about giving you change. Yeah. and Buying ice creams, that was all contactless. So good. Um, merchandise. Oh, really want to eat an ice cream. Contactless. Um, yeah. <laughs> The ice cream was good as well. 
You had an ice cream? Yeah. <sighs> Didn't bring me one. It would have been melted by the time we got back. True. So, <laughs> but it was lovely to be in a theatre. The mask didn't bother me. I know a lot of people have issues with masks, but make sure you get one that is right for your face because not it's not a one-size-fits-all thing with masks. The way I see it is whether it helps or it doesn't help. I know there's a big debate about it. I'm not going to say the way because that's not what this podcast about is about. But if all I have to do is wear a mask and theatres can be open at full capacity, meaning that people are in a job and the industry doesn't completely fail, I am more than happy yeah. to wear a mask. What harm is it doing you? Like you say, get one that's comfortable, get one that fits yeah. properly. I understand there are certain people who can't wear them for medical reasons, and I'm not talking about them. Yeah. But if you can and you are physically able to wear a mask, what what's the harm in it? Yeah. I, I think if that's what we need to do to allow theatres to be open at full capacity... So be it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was lovely to be in the theatre again. And everyone was so happy to be there. Yeah. The staff, the performers, yeah. the audience, they gave a standing ovation at the end. Aww. It was just everyone was so appreciative of being there in that building. I can't wait to see a show again. Yeah. Soon. Did it feel different? No. But I mean, like, having watched it, did you at the end go... Wow, I really appreciate that now. Or yeah, I'd missed it. Yeah, I'd really missed it, and I, I've got the bug again. Mm. It then just reaffirms to me this is what I love. So, yeah, it was really good. My turn uh, next, then. Yeah, what are you gonna go and see? Um, not sure. There's okay. a few things on my list. Well, once she does go and see it, we'll let you know. <laughs> um, and just one last thing. Um, we were sat next to a performer, which we didn't know until it got to the interval and I saw this girl sat by herself and I just started up a conversation with her because she looked quite lonely. She was just scrolling on her phone and I'd seen a post on LinkedIn about a guy who spoke to an old gentleman who was sat by himself at a cafe and that conversation made each other's day and that was playing in my mind. So I sparked up a conversation with her and it turns out she's a performer. She's performed in the West End and she's doing shows and she's been off work for 18 months. And in future, she may be a possible guest. So, yeah. But also, positive let that be a lesson for you, for your day. Don't not say something. Yeah. I think quite a lot of the time as humans, we walk around worried about what other people are thinking of us. And because we're so worried about that, we avoid people. Yeah. Because we're worried about what we're going to receive. Yeah. At the end of the day, sometimes you might speak to someone who's not nice and you get a nasty response. But I guarantee you 90% of the time, it will not turn out that way. Agreed. So be brave, be bold, yeah. be kind. Yeah. Well, as you know, and people of this show know that that wasn't an easy thing for me to do. It took a lot of, of courage, but I'm really glad I did because she was really, 
appreciative of the conversation, I think. And she was talking about all the shows she had seen and what shows she had coming up, which I can't mention for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was really good. It was lovely to be back in the theatre. Really was. It's nice. Your turn next, like you say. Yes, please. Let's see what you go and see. Wonderful. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate your love. Please do look at us on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and we will be in your ears again soon. Take care, stay safe, and enjoy theatre. Bye. Bye. Ah, 